What's up guys, this is Shana and welcome back to the Ehung Podcast and today we will answer a question from email. This is from David. Hi Ehung, I am David, 32 years old, currently working in Singapore, monthly saving of 7,000 ringgit net. After deducting all the living expenses and commitment in Singapore and Malaysia, I started investing in investment property in early 2019 via my friend's agent. That time, I was still new to residential property and have no clue on how property works. I wish to know you earlier before making the investment in property with the FOMO attitude and under my friend's agent's influence. I made the decision and invested into four residential properties for investment purposes. After I signed the S&P agreements, I regretted it. I overleveraged my investment properties and did not research enough on the rental return when purchasing the four properties. Currently, I'm holding four properties, three room units, all under my name as followed. Le Pavilion. Puchong, outstanding loan, 888000 So the resale value is around 600000 Saville de Lake, Puchong, outstanding loan, 543000 Estimate value currently is around 500000 Casa Residence, Bukit Murtajam, outstanding loan, 500000 Estimated value, 420000 Casa Residence, Bukit Murtajam again, 580,000 resale value around 420,000. So he even tabled out the monthly expenses and all the payments that he needs to pay. Lah. So the outstanding payments for Le Pavilion is 3,002. The Casa Residence is around 1,004 per unit. So it's 2,008 for two. Then Saville's Delic is 2,000. So total, every month he needs to pay 8,000 extra. Previously, my friend's agent promised that I would not need to worry about the installment payments for the above four properties. His initial plan is to take the cashback returns from the above four properties and invest in other investment portfolios which generates a return that are able to cover the outstanding loan and maintenance fund payments. He assists me in collecting rental, arranging renovation, finding tenants, paying loan installments and others. Those are the other property agents offer property management services. At first, the plan worked nicely until COVID-19 hit. Everything went haywire. The return from the investment hardly covered the outstanding loan and maintenance fund payments. He had asked me to apply for the loan moratorium twice until recently he told me that he has been doing badly in the past year and wishes to transfer all the rent back to me and pay all the balances by myself. After taking back the four properties, he handled it so bad, he did not filter tenants and anyhow rent missing rental deposits, maintenance and sinking funds are not paid and so on. Meanwhile, I'm working part-time to get more income. Above didn't include assessment and quick rent expenses yet. So in my previous email, I mentioned that I have a personal loan as well, currently outstanding of 18,500 ringgit. My friend's agent is currently paying for the loan. It will take another two years plus to settle everything. So the question is, I'm currently trying to reduce my overall debts based on the above situation. What is your opinion and what will you do to reduce the debt? My take is to hold for another one to two years, then sell off the unit at Casa Residence and Murkip Murtajam. Currently, outstanding loan around 500,000. As of now, the estimated selling price for the unit is 420 to 450. The reason is the selling price is nearer to the outstanding loan amount. Might sell at a loss position. After the sale, I am able to reduce my debt by an estimate 1,005 to 1,008 per month. Is there any other ways to reduce my debt other than selling off? My secret records has been affected so badly, restructuring and getting a personal loan seems impossible right now. 
And after purchasing four properties, I came across your channel and watched all your YouTube videos. I wish I can know you before making all the decision in purchasing all four properties. Now it has become a disaster and nasi suda manjadi bubur. All I can do is to cut the losses and change my strategy in investment properties. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge in property and we learn a lot via your YouTube channel. Thank you so much for reading this super lengthy email. Hope to hear from you soon, David. Ah, this is... Like, I wanted to start this series of nightmare properties, right? Because a lot of times we listen to all investment success stories of how this person make a portfolio of 20, 25 properties and make passive income. This one becomes a millionaire because of property, right? But there are still people who get caught within this asset class and it becomes something like this, right? First of all, thank you very much, David, for writing in, also for contributing your story so everybody here can learn together. So in conclusion, right, there's four properties that David owns, two in Puchong, two in Bukit Matajam, which is the weirdest thing, but let's not go there first. So total outstanding for all is around 8,000 per month that he needs to pay. If he were to sell all of this, right, he still owes money to the bank. That's scary. Not only that, I'm not too sure how you get a personal loan under your name and your friend's agent is paying for it. Hmm, so there are some very foundational errors that has been made within this whole email and let's go one by one now, right? First of all, luckily you are in Singapore. So at least the currency of your earnings has an advantage over the ringgit. So it's still not too bad, like 8,000 thing, it's still manageable. It's not gonna break you so bad. Plus all the financing, all the banking infrastructures, right, all applies to Malaysian structure only. You can still continue living within Singapore itself. But the main, main crucial mistake, right, it's still to listen to your friends agent and he guarantees return guarantees using cash flow to invest continue leverage over leverage well first of all let's put it out there not all agents are like that right so they are good doctors bad doctors just like agents they are good wonderful agents and also terrible blood-sucking agents and this is one of those irresponsible ones so when times are good everyone is a guru everyone is a genius when times are bad then they can just pack time low, meaning they can just dump back everything to you and oh, settle. But in the first place, right, when he persuades you to do all this, from there, he has already made his cut. And that's the weirdest thing within this mindset. Why is it so easy to just put in your hard-earned money, right, based on someone's advice that will make money out of the transaction? And I'll be straight up, right? First of all is your FOMO. Yes, you are right. You were greedy on missing out the profits that people might make. So you kind of shortcut the learning process thinking that your friend's agent's advice will help you bridge that. Well, apparently it's not working. The second mistake within your mindset is laziness. Thinking that this person will give you all the great deals, do everything for you and you can still make money out of the blue without any risk, right? Without doing any homework. 
we have the internet, right? Of course, you haven't met me yet. Of course, I haven't do what I do yet. But this is just a lesson for new investors. Don't think that really when you buy properties, confirm you will make money. If you look into all the charts, right, for the past 20, 30 years, for the past how many hundred decades, right, property has doubled within 10 years time. Said who? If it's really the case, right, why don't I just donate my liver, convert into money and double down furthermore? And if it's really that good, why isn't he buying them all instead of sharing to everybody? So now you have a case like David where, for example, the Le Pavilion Puchong, the outstanding loan is around 900000 and the market rate for the property is only 600 ish so even if you were to sell the property let's say at 600,000 right you collect back 600,000 from the buyer's financier which is the bank you put back right you still owe the bank 300,000 and because the property is so overpriced where it included definitely those early perks and cashback and rebates lah. that's why the SPA price has been jacked so it allows you to loan so much money ultimately it's about how much money you owe the bank and every month now in total just by installment right it needs to clear around 11 to 12,000 and the monthly rental income is around 5,000 so the shortcoming right now is 8,000 per month ringgit 8,000 ringgit per month that's a lot that's two persons full salary for full 30 days work like. Then the third mistake within the mindset again is to further invest the cash back into another form of investment to leverage on credit. That's the worst. Okay, so if you know how to use cashbacks and all, it's a very, very great tool within the Malaysian investment options. How I use it is when I know a property is 900,000, the bank valuation is 1 million, I will take 90% out of that 1 million so I get back around a little bit money, but the overall amount can cover the holding so I don't use up as much capital as I need to. And this is all calculated based on the rental rates that I am certain of. So the only decision I will need to make is whether can the installment that includes the cashback still break even with the current rental and if can that's the best mode of investment where even after you add on the cashback right that is for renovation you plow it back to the investment then you can generate higher rental to, to cover the installment then it's a self-sustaining one where you cough out nothing but if you choose not to take the cashback right you can put 10% upfront and every month then now it becomes a positive cash flow kind of arrangement and you enjoy that extra few hundred bucks a month so that is the way that we should play it however the temptation to use cashback just because the amount is a lot let's say 10% out of a 1 million property right is 100,000 cash a lot of people have not experienced the amount of money before within their savings account suddenly everything becomes cheap then again we talk about the greed which is the mistake number two now you further use this future money that in the first place does not belong to you to invest on other things further well this all kind of fail also due to COVID lah. Well, it's not all entirely your fault because if all this turn out well, right, your friend's agent is actually a super genius. Where now without coughing out any money, you can roll to four properties and now the renter can cover all of them. Jose, now you got four properties, all renter can cover installment. Oof. And the worst thing is when it's not done under a professional body or it's not done under some registered company, right? They can just throw the white towel into the ring and just call it a day. Like now, okay, dear David, whatever you do, right? You just take back everything. Lah. I know you're in Singapore, not my business. Take back everything. You do everything. Lah. Now your personal loan, I slowly pay back you. 
Where got like that one? That's the weirdest thing of this industry also. Whenever you buy and sell from an agent, he makes the commission of 3%. So if you buy 1 million, it's 30,000. Yes, they will say they will split with their company, but ultimately it's still their share. Ma. For almost zero accountability. When the product is bad, do you blame the agent? No, you will directly whack the developer. Then let's be further truthful to this. We never whack ourselves. We always point fingers and all these horror stories for investment is pretty common in the makeover guys because we have a lot of ambitious investors who think that the market will forever be good coming to us with four units or six units that they can never afford to have. Then they come to us, can you just sponsor us the makeover renovation so we can generate rental? All the cashback has been used for leisure, la, vacation, la, all this La la up things la. So for new investors, the cashback, I will always encourage if you can get higher valuation, if you can get more money from the bank, please do so. Because even if you get back in the form of cash, you can always put back into the flexi account and you will knock off the interest one. It's a very good just in case kind of financial infrastructure. So let's say if the loan they give me is 800,000, but I choose to take 900,000 instead. So after I take and the whole 100,000 extra in my bank, I can either use it for renovation, but if I have savings, I don't really need the money. I can just put it back into the flexi account and we just run as 800,000 loan. But if there's any emergency within the family, any emergency within the business, I get to use the fund at a very attractive rate of a housing loan to do whatever business need or emergency, which is the cheapest rate of loan that you can get within the market. Well, you don't compare PTPTN, but after PTPTN, housing loan has the lowest interest rate already. So that should be the very clever way to use this financial infrastructure. But because it's too good to be true sometimes, cannot tahan, then this happens. So now what would I do if I'm in this situation? Refinancing is impossible. A lot of people think that refinancing can solve a lot of things. Actually, you can't because of two reasons. One, the market rate, the market price of the property is actually lower than the loan amount owed to the bank. Means that I see owed to the bank 800,000 and the market rate is only 500. There's nothing much to refinance. You can only refinance when the market price is 800,000 and you owe the bank 500,000. You can still cash out some equity there. This case cannot end. The second reason why you cannot do it is because your secrets record has been screwed up. And this is where I want to really push this into all new investors' throat. The importance of secrets and CITOS. That's the financial report card we use to do basically anything within Malaysia's banking or financial infrastructure. So spend some time, go to Bank Negara, you can even do it online, right? To go register and check out your secrets report or your CITOS report. Do this regularly. So maybe sometimes when bank issues you a credit card that you didn't know and you didn't pay for a few months suddenly when you want to apply for a housing loan for a deal that is so good to be true right cannot pass because there's some outstanding payments for three months of 15 ringgit this these are the things that it really irritates me back then right i need to cancel an internet subscription plan three times to get it off my CTOS because every time i want to cancel they say they do but they just throw away the form and it affected my CTOS. those record will be there for an entire year so CTOS is like six months secrets will be a year and banking is friendly to those who can afford it not to those who need it. When you are within these situations, you really in need of financing help, right? 
Nope, they are gonna take the umbrella away. Now I'm actually looking through the Le Pavilion, which is in Banda Putri Puchong, right? Fully furnished one is going for 3,000 to 3,006. Got one is was taken at 3,002. Then now the problem is you don't have any capital left to fully furnish the unit. So you could, okay, you should have fully furnished the unit when you have the extra capital instead of putting in some other form of investment to make back the money. Yeah, so if you fully furnish the unit, right, at least you don't have to worry about getting a tenant as your unit will always stay competitive. And guess what? When the market actually recovers, which one enjoys the rate first? It's always the fully furnished ones. Then now if you look at it, really you got listing for 3,002 fully furnished, but yours is semi-furnished, that's why it's only 1,000 plus 2,000. And for every expiry of a tenancy agreement, you will be so worried and concerned, will you get another tenant to pay you or not? Because your unit is really ended. There's way more units within the semi-furnished segment compared to the fully furnished or the designer furnished unit. So that is also one of the, I'm not just trying to push because I work in the makeover guys, but this is one of the tricks that a lot of people are doing, at least to put and differentiate your unit among the rest. You want to do it yourself or you want to get someone else to do it, I'm absolutely fine, but do fully furnish your unit. A lot of people might think that after I put in so much, it takes so much more time to break even. In the first place, if your unit cannot rent out or I don't even think about breaking even. So you have one very well presented one. One is like a meh. Then this meh one will get into the conversations of cost. Hey, your neighbor gave 2005 and you want to you want me to rent from you, you give me 2004 or 2003 lor. But for the fully furnished one, there's only one and the one that can afford will take it lor. And that has been proven again and again. But now the problem here is not enough capital also. But what you suggested here is then to wait a little bit before you can sell, right? And to see which property where the market value can match the loan amount. So it won't be so much in deficit. That's one way. And a trick for new investors again, this is why I'm so obsessed with the current rental rate whenever we do any discussion. If the property price is so high, like in this case, right, like the loan is 900,000 and the money repayment is around 4,000, right? The rental is only 1,007. It's very obvious that it's overpriced. But if it's a fully furnished one, it's 3,000, then it's pretty close. Because when I want to sell, like in this case, right, I'm in desperate selling mode, right? I can always reverse engineer, hey, you know, if you sell 800 over 1,000, right? Around four over percent, which is the break even point between your rental and installment, that can justify a little bit. Right? And a lot of people will be interested where I put in 10% and I'll have an investment where it breaks even every month. It sounds attractive. But when you have such a gap, right? The only reason why would people buy yours is your unit somehow magically have this amazing breathtaking view that this particular customer absolutely love. Technically impossible. Lah. And now if you were to sell all also, you will have this outstanding debt which will be translated into a personal loan. Is that better? No, that's just more convenient because there's no chance for market to correct itself. So confirm you must pay out that amount. If I were you, David, I could only think of two things. Lah, and one is for sure must do one is you need to really be very very prudent very very disciplined work your face off in any form of OT that you can get just to sustain every month's payment to fix your secrets first ensure every month 
everything is paid for the next six months just to at least have a clean sheet of secrets and CTOS first. In that meantime, maybe this will take around a year, three years, five years, I'm not too sure, but this is to cover up the mistake. Hopefully, where I think it's heading that way, the market starts correcting itself. So suddenly when the selling price starts increasing a little bit, and also at the same time, which is one of the better things within this context, all your units are being rented out. So indirectly, you are still building equity within. Hopefully within the next five years, you won't lose as much and the market actually recovers to a point where you can afford to convert them into a personal loan. The second thing that I can think of is external help. So if you have a buddy, if you have a rich friend who can lend a helping hand, then you use his assistance to somewhat furnish up your properties. Then I'm now looking at Casa Residence. The normal semi-furnished unit is around 1000 Three, 1,000 also got, but a fully furnished one asking got 2,000, 4,008, which is not too far off from your estimation for semi-furnished. So if you were to fully furnish it, immediately it will jack up the rental, so you will have higher prospect of selling also. And that's something that I would suggest you to do. So maybe don't need to have makeover guys, so it's gonna be very expensive to do for you in this context. But the problem here is you are in a foreign land, so you really need a siblings or friends to somewhat help you or you take a very long leave within a week right you need to furnish four units and you invest in two locations so luckily it's just Pukchong and Penang how do you how do you fully furnish them and in terms of fully furnishing meaning you repaint a wall into a designer form you get some fancy lightings curtains furnitures just fully fitting the entire unit all over again so if you were to do it yourself very prudently i think a 12 to 15 thousand can do because it's already semi-furnished but the problem here is you can only do it when a particular tenancy ends and that's your window before the next tenant and it's always a temptation to collect and just continue renting as semi-furnished or to take one or two weeks off to really fully furnish it and to get a new rate of rental well a lot of people might not look at this small amount yeah thousand eight two thousand four what's the difference it's around 600 ringgit only per year is 7002 what people don't look at is it boosts up the value of the property by a hundred thousand easily because at this interest rate currently every 100,000 you will need to pay around 480 to 500 ringgit per month for the next 35 years so if you were to boost your rental rates by 500 a month right indirectly your property is worth 100,000 extra so in this example the Bukit Badajam unit which is Casa residence here right is around 400,000 selling price so 400,000 you get around 1,006 rental in that semi-furnished condition imagine if you can boost up the rental up to 2,000 2,001 or 2 suddenly a loan of 500,000 still makes sense because it can somewhat break even between the installment and rental rate. So the trick here is to use the least amount of money to create the greatest visual impact for the unit so the tenants will be attracted to pay for a higher rental rate. Of course, this depends highly on the locations, on the target audience within the locations itself. But here, Nasi Sudan Menjadi Bubo already, as you said, meaning it's already too late. So this is just salvaging whatever that can be done. So this is the second one. You have external help in terms of monetary and time, or you can just smartly plan your way back here to fix it. And if you were to do this within the next five years, right, I think you can still recover from this. 
the only one that is really like very very hard to solve right, will be Savile's D-Lake Pujong because the price that you're paying it's a really own state unit meaning if you are really working within Cyberjaya but you still want to be within the proximity of Bukit Pujong right that's the place to go to because within the surrounding right there's absolutely nothing besides a fabulous lake view but how much can a fabulous lake view generate you that's the only one that is a bit more trouble here because even after I check the rental rates right even fully furnished is still thousand five and this is the reality the only way I could think of right now is is to really tighten yourself to really audit on the expenses because every penny counts at this point of time at least everything times 3.3 over to this side lah. so it's still not entirely impossible but the harsh reality it's not going to be a very pleasant journey moving on for the next three to five years at least if you can recover this within five years i think you are doing well already and it depends on several things it depends on how you can increase the rental rates how the market can recover which is out of your control so you will need to divide your attention into two things there are things that is within our control and there are things that are out of our control so like market forces and etc right you can only pray but things that we can work on which is the units condition to fetch higher rental so it can indirectly fetch a higher selling price then how do you do that how do you arrange time where are the resources that can be scrapped to further furnish the unit so it can be rented out higher how can you save money on your daily expenses how can you work more earn more on your side job and your main job is there a very very close friend that is loaded with money and time or even a relative to ask for a favor because if don't do all this right the very last resort is to just go for auction means after you try all you cannot pay might as well just auction it lah. so now you auction and hoping that somebody will take it but it will be 30% below the market price for them to start bidding means when the market is 400,000 right they will start maybe at 300 and after somebody bid it you still owe the outstanding amount and it will translate into a personal loan to charge on you and if you still cannot make payments then bankrupt lo, move list and that is the last resort but that's definitely not the worst thing that can happen to you because because you are still alive you can still make money and you can still make payments every single month because at this age 32 you can still do wonders one so after all that right what's the most important thing is for you to count your blessing first as you still have a very healthy mindset a very healthy body to continue striving to correct things like now you can save 7,000 every month, right? Push a little bit more to save 9,000 ringgit. Then everything sorted out already. Seriously. And the extra 1,000, right? It's $300 a month only. Speaking from experience, embrace humility and go really humble with the lifestyle. In these situations, it's very easy to just beat yourself up and it takes enormous effort to correct it because like lalang grows itself so it's very important to have that right mindset to feel blessed to have the opportunity to correct things with the right physique right mindset right health you can still make money to correct all this to me technically this is not challenging at all it's just a mistake made pretty serious a very ambitious motive some laziness some formalness some yolo-ness but you are still young david so grind real hard focus on the income focus on the savings plow all back into the investment and have some extra if possible to further increase the rental rates and do this for the next easily three to five years 
And based on the emails and the compilation of data that you give me, right, I think you learned the lesson already. And after you understand the root cause of it, it's actually half solving it already. And that would be my suggestion instead of choosing the easy way out of declaring bankrupt or just don't care. Bankrupt, bankrupt, but I think that's just irresponsible. Embrace the greed and let's go. Thank you so much for sharing this. I can only imagine the vulnerability on your side to write this over. Unfortunately, a lot of the resources has been exhausted because of the very poor secrets record. So if you can fix that first, a lot of things can be resolved. And for other young investors, if you're listening to this, right, there's a lot of lessons to learn from this where we can know for certain not all properties make money, not all agents can be trusted and when shit hits the fan it's all on you you can blame all you want you can blame the country you can blame the bank you can blame your friend you can blame your friend's agent you can blame sean or whatsoever right it's still you against the bank hence the motto always choose to make informed decisions and take calculated risk and within this context i think david can still afford the risk and for those who have any other real estate questions do email me at t-a-n-i-h-e-r-n-g t-a-n-i-h-e-r-n-g at gmail.com or you can just dm me on instagram i-h-e-r-n-g and i'll see you on the next one ciao